HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Comté-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to customers, shift your business, and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash curd. Welcome to Cutting the Curd today on Heritage Radio. I'm your host, Kara Warren, and today on the show, I have Michelle Vieira. She is a writer, illustrator, monger, and a certified cheese professional, and a blogger based out of Columbus, Ohio. In the cheese world, she's probably best known as the Columbus Curd Nerd on Instagram, where she shares stories about the cheese every day. What she started as studying tool for the CCP exam has become her own thing and is now a super educational resource. She's also written articles for Culture Magazine, and she has an illustration background, which we are happy to talk about today on the show. And uh, last but not least, she's also competed in CMI uh, in San Francisco and ended up placing sixth, which I was very happy to watch and see her cut Greer in the fastest possible action I could ever see. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the Cutting the Curd. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, you had so many things in your intro. <laughs> you are a, a super cheesemonger. My goodness. Thanks. I, <laughs> when you asked me for that, I, I just like put everything down. I wasn't sure how to edit necessarily on that. <laughs> no, you are, you're amazing. I thought I could read it in one full blow, but I ran out of air and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> she's, she's, she's so good. I can't even say it all in one breath. Uh, that's amazing. Well, thank you for coming out to the show. I'm super excited to have you um, on Cutting the Curd today. Uh, one of the things I'd like to discuss with you is in your most recent Instagram posts, you have been doing these vintage pinup girls. Um, can you tell me about that? What's, what's yeah. the deal with that? Yeah. So, um, I have an illustration background. Um, and what is great about my blog is I could kind of do whatever I want. And so, um, that includes, I can do illustrations, which is a lot of fun. Um, 
But how did you but get yeah, to vintage pinup girls? I mean, that's like uh, that's so, a little risque, even. The I know, late, some of them are I know, really. I know it's I, kind of been a departure from what I've been doing. It's so um, I've had this book for like five or six years. It's been in the trunk of my car for like three or four years, and I pulled it out. Um, what just kind of book recently. is it? It's like so. A- it's this. I have like a ton of art books. And um, this one is like this compilation art book called The Great American Pinup. And it's compiled by this uh, great art book company called Toshin. Um, But it's just this compilation of all these really beautiful illustrated pinup girls from like the 20s through I think the 60s um, of a bunch of different artists. Um, But all different styles, but they're real. It's really a wonderful resource. And I've had this idea for a while of incorporating like cheese with like pinup girls, like personally, just like selfishly. Cause like, I'd love a cheese pinup girl tattoo someday. Um, <laughs> okay. But so, that, so there's a motivation you you've been thinking a about little a tattoo bit, a little bit, but also just like I've, um, I've been interested in this idea and I was like, oh, you know, we're all quarantined. We're all thirsty and um, we all kind of have time. Yeah, why not? So so you've had a lot. Right now, I've counted you have 12. Yes, yes. I have one for every day of this month. Oh, that's I didn't realize it was a daily drawing. Okay. It's a daily thing, yeah. So I have... I think I have like five or six left to draw right now at this point. Um, So I've just been plugging away at them, but (laughs) that's great. And how does it, how does it make you feel to, to get these drawings done and to kind of pair them with the cheeses? How how does that feel? It's been a lot of fun. It's been a really great, like, um, challenge. Like how do I, um, make a, like, how do I translate a cheese into a style that doesn't nor- necessarily always, like, incorporate food? Um, and kind mm-hmm. of, like, show cheese in, like, a different light. Um, and I think it's kind of an interesting time to be doing this as well, because, like, you know, cheesemakers are really struggling right now, and all of us as cheese professionals are like, okay, how can we advocate for the makers that we love and for the cheeses that we love so that they don't like go extinct. Um, so what I'm hearing is this is kind of a relief for you. It is. Yeah. You know, I work in a grocery store setting, so, um, I'm still working. Um, and it's definitely an interesting time to be behind a counter. Um, so in a way this has kind of been a, um, departure away from that stress as well that I can, you know, come home and work on something that's kind of silly and fun, but also um, interesting and kind of like my own weird way of advocating for good cheese. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and how did you, where did your path to becoming a cheesemonger start? So um, the summer between my junior and senior year of college, I needed a summer job and I, um, Went to my favorite Jewish jelly, which is Katzinger's in Columbus, um, and they happened to have a spot behind the cheese counter open, um, 
and I knew nothing about cheese and like deli sliced provolone was my favorite cheese. I love um, it. Okay. <laughs> Great. I mean, Jewish <laughs> jellies are, they speak to my inner heart all the time. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like such a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And a, yes. So you were yeah. saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> so, um, uh, we were so talking I about, oh, you there. were starting. Yeah, yeah. You were starting at the yeah, Jewish Yeah. So I started deli. there and I, the first cheese that I like tried that I like absolutely fell in love with was Grayson from Meadow Creek Dairy. Um, Good choice. And it was yes. like so fascinating to me that like this cheese like straight up tasted like bacon. Um, <laughs> yes. And yeah, like that, that just kind of spiraled this never ending fascination and thirst for like wanting well, to know I- as much as I can. <laughs> I want to talk about that fascination because um, it it shows very well in your Instagram posts. How do you um, do your research? Because I find that so, your posts are very informative. Thank you. Um, so I started my blog um, when I was starting to kind of prepare for the Certified Cheese Professional exam, which I took last year. And, Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. And... Um, So for me, when it first started out, it was like a way for me to hold myself accountable for studying. Um, And now it's more, I I try to have themes for every month. And I've kind of fallen off a little bit on this, but I try to post every day. Um, And that's another thing of just like wanting to hold myself accountable you know, have, have it be something that's consistent. Um, but yeah, but, so, but so you as, research it and, 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 and yeah. you go to what kind of books or is it online yeah, that yeah. you do your so, research? How, as far how do you as, like, start? Books, yeah. So as far as books and stuff go, um, the Oxford Companion to Cheese is like my biggest resource. Ah, okay. Um, I use that for like, most probably about like 75 to 80% of my content is like straight from the Oxford. Wow. Um, okay. Good to know. Which, uh, when I studied for the CCP exam, I read it cover to cover. Wow. I recommend, I recommend reading it to cover to cover. If you're considering taking the exam, That's take the impressive. extra time to read it. Yeah. Take the wow. extra time to read it. It's really interesting. Um, I actually do not own a copy. It's on an Amazon wish list. <laughs> is what oh it, my God. It's I so need, worth it. It's so I, worth it. I need to do that. I, I have a lot of other cheese books, but that one has yet to uh, enter the collection. But uh, anyway, continue. It is so seriously you, like the holy grail of cheese books. It really is. Wow. Big um, praise. Okay. I like it. Very cool. It really so is, though. I mean, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. You were going. Yeah. About, about like 75 to 80% of my content is like my source from the oxford i also um love liz sorp's book of cheese i use that too um Uh, i love the way that she writes and how approachable she is and how she writes she's much more approachable Um, than the the oxford is more of um it's probably like a reference book dictionary style am i am i right it's more yeah it's like an encyclopedia um so but what's great about it is you know it's short little excerpts so you can kind of stop at any point which Mm -hmm. is kind of nice when you're reading it um and you're constantly reading about different subjects in like small packages as you're reading it so so you you get the references and then let's say for the pinup girls 
You yeah. have, uh, I don't know, Katya Cavallo, <laughs> let's say, <Yeah. laughs> which um, is one of my, my favorites that you have there. It sort of has a, a double entendre going on. Uh, can you kind of describe to us what you drew for that? Yeah, so for that one, um, the Katya Cavallo means horse cheese, so it's... Um, not because it's like made horse, from horse balls, milk, but, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like tied off like a horse, like saddlebag. And so, uh, the way that I approached that one was the pinup girls like riding the Caccio Cavallo, kind of like a bucking horse. Um, I think it's hilarious. I think it's, it's yeah. the, the double entendre there is fantastic. I really, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think what I like about your work um, and the last 12 pinup girls that I've seen is there's always like a clever, uh, sort of funny value, comic value to it. Is it, you were intending that I, I expect? Yeah. Is that your intention? Yeah. yeah. I, I always tend to err on like a little bit of a side of like sense of humor with my work. Um, and it's been kind of a relief to kind of get back into that because it's been a while since I've been able to really do that. Um, and it's so important yeah, in this time as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like right now it's like, it's it's kind of an important time to be doing something like this because it's like, I feel like all of us are kind of going through different levels and different like ways of processing trauma with all of this. And so finding ways to laugh and like find something that is you know humorous but also like smart is I think important for all of us right now oh yeah Um, I completely agree I mean we're all a little bit fragile um yeah so I guess I guess what I would want to ask you then is the feelings of these women what do you what do you think some of these women are 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 saying or trying to convey in in these photos can you speak to one of them that uh you know, like Stilton um, seems kind of like a shy woman to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of them like all kind of have different personalities too. Like, um, pulling some up right now. So, for going off the ones that I've posted already, um, the Harbison's like one of my favorites. Like, as like of the ones that I've posted so far, it's like one of my favorites. Um, can you, I just can like you ex- love can, how playful yeah, des- describe she is. to the listeners, yeah, like yeah. what she so, is doing and looking like. Interesting story about that one. That one's a direct reference to um, a pinup that I found in this book. Um, I posted it the day that I posted it on my story. I don't remember what his name is. I'll, I'll find it later. But that's okay. No um, worries. Yeah. yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll but, think of it later. Um, we'll come back to it. No, it's fine. But. <laughs> uh, that one's a direct reference to an existing pinup illustration from the forties. Um, oh, okay. Where this woman is like riding this, like, um, like pool toy, like seal looking thing. Um, oh, wow. and so I took that and translated it for the Harbison. Um, and I've been interested in doing like people of color as well. Cause like, um, you know, it's no secret that like classic pinup girls are like overwhelmingly white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been trying to incorporate like some diversity as well. Um, yeah, I noticed but, that in uh, the Barada pinup yeah, and the Oaxaca yeah. pinup. I thought, well, the Barada yeah. was the most risque to me, honestly. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I think that was <laughs> the most risque of all of them. 
I like looked um, at it and I was I like, wait, her. did she really draw this? <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Um, so I, I guess I'll try I to describe it or do you, you should describe it. So it's better if you describe it. Debrata, <laughs> she's like having fun in the sun, like on the beach and mm-hmm. like, you know, the broad is just like chilling between her legs and it's like split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a spread legged uh, woman. Yeah. Who, who has like, yeah, she's just a having a good time. There. She's just yeah. having a good time. Yeah, I, um, I definitely, I'm not even sure. I'm kind of <laughs> blushing as we are, we're talking about this. It's, it's a little, it's like right over the line of PG 13. It's like, like totally oh towing the line. That's, <laughs> that was like, I think probably the closest to towing the line of all of them. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was like, I don't know what I can say on Heritage Radio, but I hope we can talk about this, which is fine. Yeah, we totally. Can. We're, do- yeah, we're doing it's it. Chill. It's happening it's right chill. now. Yeah, it's chill. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I love that one. I mean, I love all of them. I mean, even um, the other one that I thought, uh, Tatia, which I think is like almost the, the go-to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you hear pinup girls and you're a cheesemonger and you hear, I mean, I knew guys that made Tatia jokes all day at the at the oh, shop. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like... That one's like... A, like a no-brainer it's like of course i'm including tatia (laughs) but i love that you gave the reference uh to madonna in there the pop artist Um, yeah you know yeah with like the cone bra like yeah i just thought oh that's so fun that's so good i love how that how that's happening and how you so you've brought in like pop culture reference and your love of art and then um you know every cheese love all into the one and i think that's uh, it's really, really cool. I'm hoping my Thank dream you. is that you uh, set up a calendar one day for this. If, if or it's some not sort the first of... time I've heard that. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying I to figure that out. I'm trying to figure yeah. out the logistics of that. I, I'd love to make it like a 2021 calendar of like I, the top 12. I will be your first customer. <laughs> I will definitely buy that. Um, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's it's super cool. So and and are you selling your artwork nowadays? Can people access your um, artwork? I am, but it's like not super official. I um I want to invest in a good printer um cuz I want to like have the um Okay. I could just go to Kinkos and just get it printed. Um but <laughs> right on. Um but there's something about like printing it myself that I'm interested in doing. Um, plus it's not quite as expensive as like $10. Yeah, um, you should be so, practical about this and it's your artwork. Yeah, you want it to be high quality. Yeah, so yeah. So I, I, I am, but it's like not the most official right now. Um, I want to like build a site where like prints. Um, no, it's but, important. That's important. Yeah, um, so um, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it, it is, it is a goal of mine to do that. Um, no, that's, that's good. It's a next step. It's a next step. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Um, I'm curious then we've dived a little bit into your cheese background, but when did you start becoming an artist? Were you always drawing as a child or illustrating as a child? Yeah. Yeah. I was like a weird kid and I was always drawing. Like my mom would like get the like biggest possible, thickest, like bound sketchbook um that was available that was like 600 pages that I just like fill it cover to cover because I was like just constantly drawing oh, um wow. so you're one of and, those artists that just draws all the time yeah I I draw all the time like I've I've been keeping a sketchbook since I was five and um you know I um 
that's kind of a I, nice relief to have that, I yeah. would say, like an out an outlet for that. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's been something that's kind of ebbed and flowed, like, over the years. Like, you know, I I was super, super creative and stuff, like, from childhood through college, even. And, like, I, I went to Ohio State. I have an art degree um, in painting and drawing. And, um... After I graduated, it was like I was starting in my cheese career and my um my creativity kind of like fell off for a while um and like i try to I try to make work and it would be like I just hated everything I made and like um nothing felt inspiring and just, there there was a serious like dry spell for a while um I hear some but, frustration in your voice about that. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, it's one of those things that, like, you know, art doesn't really exist. It kind of going back to, like, where you were saying, like, about, like, mentioning, like, pop culture references or um, all of that. Like, I believe that, like, art doesn't really exist in a vacuum. Like, everything is kind of interconnected. Um, And so, um, for me, like, work that is important to me is, like, stuff that is relevant like it's not just like art for art's sake is good and it it's important in its own way but it's also like I like I like to I like things that are um that feel relevant that feel like they're um it's more than just like this is a picture of a flower for the sake of it's just a flower and there's no there's nothing there um yeah I understand purpose you need purpose behind it yeah, um, and that's just me. Like it, you know. There's totally validity in that, um, but for me personally, I'm a little bit more. I'm more interested in like, um, what can I do with this as a medium? That's um, like a look, gleaning a little bit more light on something that might be more simple. Um, at first, I guess. Yeah, it's sort of like um, cheese. It all kind of gets connected yeah. in, in a weird way. Yeah, the, the, totally, all, totally. All the natural... cheese, is art. cheese is art. Like, I mean, it's it's totally the same thing. You're taking something that might see, seem simple at first. You're making it something really expressive and interesting and thought-provoking. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's simply yeah. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I don't, I don't think you can ever draw the same thing twice, even the no, same way. I don't yeah. think you can make the same cheese twice. Um, no. yeah. so, um, you just I keep totally agree with that. trying a new, a new thing each time and, and your mind's clicking away and you go into this like zend out and, yeah. and you sort of come up with new ideas in, in these times, I feel like, um, yeah, totally. So I, yeah. I, I applaud you for this and, yeah. and to mix again, to mix, uh, your nature with of art with the cheese, the love of cheese. I think you're hitting something that's really uh, perfect for you right now. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. super cool. Um, yeah. What um what was your favorite class when you were doing um sort of the or do, maybe you don't have one. I don't know. <laughs> was what, there an art like an when art I, class? like when I was in school? Yeah, while you were in school, what was your your favorite? Oh, man. Did you have a favorite? Um, one that was the most unique for me that was really interesting was I took a, um, like a book binding class where like I learned how to like make my own books, which was kind of cool. Oh, wow. Um, 
Like, were you sewed that, binding? And yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, I, like, sewed books together and, like, created my own sketchbooks for a while. Wow. Um, That's Which, that cool. was pretty cool. That was yeah. a pretty cool class. Um, did that you was ever one do, of the most... Did you ever do, like, printmaking? Um, I, I feel... did a little bit. I didn't end up taking printmaking classes. Um, I took other other electives. Uh, um, I see. Well, the the reason why but, I bring it up is it, it, within your work, especially the recent yeah. work, I feel like it's um it's blocked. I mean, I'm actually not even sure. I wanted to ask you about this. Um, when you're doing um composing the art for Instagram, what yeah. sort of medium is that? I don't I don't even know what so, to call that. Yeah. What I usually do now, and it's mostly because I suck at photography, is <laughs> I use um a program on my iPad called Procreate. Um, which is one of the most intuitive digital programs I've ever used. Um, and what's great about it is the brushes that you use are very, like, they, they read a little bit more traditional. Like you can use, um, different, like what I do is like, I use multiple different layers. So, I start with like a sketching layer and it's like a pencil. So it looks like a colored pencil. Um, or um, when I'm using color, I use it. I use the airbrushing tools. Um, so they're a little bit softer. Um, but I yeah, like, so it's, I like the texture you give to your, to your yeah. work as well. There's like patterns yeah. in it that I, that I think yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Like on the Stilton girl, you on the dress, you had like a really cool. Uh, yeah. Pattern. That I thought, yeah. oh, that, that's a nice touch to that, you know? Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fun. Um, how do you yeah, make that one... those choices? You just kind of look at it and you're like, I think this would look pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of that. It's also a little bit of, like, I I use a lot of reference photos as well. Like, I, um, I don't really like Pinterest for much, but I do love it for reference photos. Interesting. Um, okay. So, like, for the Stilton one, I... I like searched like tea party dress or something and like use that as a reference for, um, Oh, very cool. I like, okay. Yeah. I like, I like yeah. that. Cause then there you have yeah. again, more homage to the history of, of these things and you're kind of combining cheese history and, and the art history. Yeah. I usually have like multiple different references for most of them. Um, you should do like a luncheon on the grass, like Columbus yeah. Kirkard style, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just right. I'm just, you know, doing my thing where I'm like, oh, that would be neat if she yeah. could do that. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, all right. Uh, Michelle, I'm just going to take a quick break. We'll come right okay. back and continue this interview. Just hang on tight. All right, listeners, Fabulous. I'm interviewing Michelle Vieira, and this is Cutting the Curd. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars, 
After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's. But since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place, no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com slash go slash curd. All right, welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren. My guest today is Michelle Vieira, a.k.a. the Columbus Curd Nerd. Uh, you can find her work on Instagram, and we are discussing her pinup girls to art history to uh, CCP exam to everything cheese. Yeah, right? Everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're a renaissance woman, I would say. <laughs> I just love to learn it. It's just about all different kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I love it. I think it's wonderful. Um, do you um are you using your art as a cheesemonger every day? Do you do signage work or are you? Um... I don't really at work. Um, you know where I work is a little bit more corporate, so I I don't really at work, but I um I definitely like apply creative thinking and creative problem solving, which. I feel like it's um, related. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think as a cheesemonger, you need that for day-to-day totally. interaction. <laughs> um, um, I mean, when you're setting the case. Uh, yeah, and especially as a buyer, too. It's like a lot of creative problem solving with, like, merchandising. And, like, what am I going to do with this that got allocated? You right, know? right. And, and so. then how can I cut this to look beautiful in, like, a sculpture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I always found it. It was one of the most relaxing or most obsessive fun things I could do in my day as a cheesemonger was to make the case look perfect. So I'm yeah. sure your case looks beautiful. I, I I mean, you know, you do all types of tricks. I'm sure. I don't know. How do you set your cheese case? Is it like? A... I mean, uh, it's. I feel like it's an evolving. It's just an evolving monster that I tame once in a while <laughs> a monster my goodness well that's you've heard it first from columbus curd a monster of a yeah, cheesecake 
ever-evolving monster. Um, but you know, you... I... Yeah, oh, sorry, you first. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, um, you were going to say something. You go first. What were you going to say? I, so, I say that just because, like, with the setting that I'm in, you know, I work in a major grocery store, so... Um, it's more of a grab and go kind of thing. So it's a lot of how can I make this, um, designed to be accessible? Um, you know, cause a lot of my job right now is, um, you know, directing Amazon shoppers. Where's, where's the Parmigiano Reggiano? Like where's the, um, <laughs> so is that, the is that the big so. summer? Yeah. Is that the, I was going to ask you, um, what are yeah. the big sellers for you right now since, um, times have changed? What kind of cheese yeah, is Yeah, it's a lot of like what's familiar right now. So like Parmigiano Reggiano's number one, definitely king right now. Um, other like cooking cheeses like Riere does really well right now. Um, people have been buying quite a bit of brie, especially this past weekend with Mother's Day. Um, so I'm I'm hearing yeah. a lot of comfort cheese is being it's bought. A lot, of, yeah, it's a lot of like comfort and familiarity, which I think, um, you know, right now it's a lot is just really uncertain right now. So having something that they people know has been has been kind of like a source of comfort right now do you do you think of yourself as a cheese therapist a little bit (laughs) i I definitely think of cheese as therapy yeah i mean because i sometimes i i feel like when a customer would come to the counter you really could like connect with a person over the cheese yeah Um, so i wonder for you is, is that happening i think that's a really really interesting way of putting it you know I think that um it is definitely something that especially right now it's something that like people are kind of turning to as something that's comfortable and familiar so it is kind of its own form of self-care um I haven't thought of myself as a therapist but I I I really like that analogy um I'm I'm glad I'm glad that's, 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 uh, this is what the cutting the curd is about here. Um, I, I think so in terms of now your art, you've done, you're doing more pinup girls, uh, for the rest of the month. Right, right now. (laughs) Right now. Right now at this moment. Oh my God. Uh, are you a multitasker, Michelle? Is that what you're telling me? Um, (laughs) I am, I'm definitely scatterbrained. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) That's the trait of a very good cheesemonger because you have to go through 200 cheeses sometimes at a, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, um, but uh, yeah. let's. I want to ask you, what is it like to be Columbus Curd Nerd? Are you getting uh, recognized at cheese events? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. So as I've kind of gained notoriety on Instagram, um, like the more cheese events I go to, the more people know who I am, which is kind of crazy. Um, and. Well, how does that feel, though? I mean, I mean, that must be... It's, it's, it's awesome, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny when that, when that can happen. I, I yeah. think um, it must be... It's a community, right? It's another community. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, and that's how I see it. You know, it's, um, 
one thing that's really beautiful about this industry is people are really in it together and really um, communal and open and helpful. Um, and I've made some really great friends through this blog, um, through people that follow me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, um, interesting. Cause it's like, there's a lot of people that I know really well through my blog, but like, I haven't met in person yet. And like, <laughs> um, so it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Like it's, um, or like I'll meet people at events such as ACS or CMI and, um, you know, I'll, I'll have known them for a while and, you know, this is the first time we've actually like met in person. Um, it, it's very funny how that can happen. I, uh, I think that's, yeah. so you are, is there someone that you, that the cheese community would know that you know online only, but are thinking you hope to meet one day? Uh, there's quite a few. Um, one of them is Angela Fan out of Vancouver. Um, her Instagram is called Cheese Darling. Um, she's a really great, um, advocate for, um, British Columbian cheeses. And I've learned a lot from her just about Canadian cheese in general. Um, she's one that I'd love to meet. Um, another one that I'd love to meet is, um, Rachel Lucas too, who's out of, um, Washington state. I haven't met her yet in person, but she's been um a huge advocate and a huge um fan of what I've been doing and we talk all the time. Um but yeah, it's there's a lot of people that like I've met through Instagram that <laughs> I haven't met yet in person, but I feel like I know pretty well. That's that's very cool. And and yeah. how long have you had the Instagram account Columbus Curtner? So I started it um, on New Year's Day of 2018. So oh, I'm wow. about two and a half years in. Yeah. And I, I would say you the following, how steady is your following growing? Do you see like an increase? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's steadily growing. I think it's, uh, it's like just, a, just under 2,500 followers. Um, which is kind of crazy to think about, but, um, <laughs> do but yeah, you, it's, do you have a expectation for it? I mean, not necessarily like, um, as far as like how well a post does, like usually if it has over 50 likes, I'm like, okay, that was a good post. Like if it was less than that, usually I'm like, okay, it was kind of a dud and that's okay. And you, you never <laughs> really know until like you post it. Um, but but when you post, um, you're posting still mainly. Are you posting for yourself or are you posting for an audience? It's more. It's more for. I don't know. It's a little bit of both. Like I think I do it for myself. I don't do it because of other people's expectations. Um, but I also do it for other people. Um, in that it's like sharing, just sharing, kind of, kind of like what she's what she's mongering. It's sharing passion and um you know hopefully someone else gets something out of it yeah I, I mean I think um I love the the humor of it especially yeah. again I know I yeah. keep talking about it but with yeah, with no, everything it's now it's it's so it's such yeah. a cool relief to to see like uh I know the other day you had Mumolet and the Marling Dietrich uh her sitting uh -huh. on that and I was like 
that's so effing cool. <laughs> like, I would have never been able to think of that. Like, and she's smoking a cigarette and looking super, like, sexy cool. Like, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Like, I like that you did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I saw someone commented, maybe it was the Lucas person you mentioned, about the cigarette smoking even. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was that was so you've chosen to like so they're risque they're smoking cigarettes do they have are they drinking anything um alcoholic yet i, I don't one, know if i've noticed that there there's one coming up for drunken goat um and Ooh. she's kind of inspired she's kind of inspired by like the greek god bacchus um so she's like drinking some wine um oh, cool but um I'm excited yeah. to see that. Uh, that sounds really. That sounds fun. Yeah, um, that one's upcoming. That one's um, this week. That's coming up. So how how far out do you work in terms of uh, the amount of artwork that you have? So I am on the twenty fourth right now. I think. Um, as far okay. as like working on content goes, I think I'm on the twenty fourth. I like to have a kind of healthy amount ahead of time ahead of me just because you know I don't I don't work on stuff every single day um and if I feel like it's coming up too close I get like really stressed out about it um, of course yeah so well, I and, found for me if I work ahead it's it's better all around for everyone well and and you're doing it really just for yourself like there's no money involved in this this is no, truly yeah. just passion yeah. uh, for you it's yeah. your art uh and your love of cheese mixing yeah. together to do this cool thing. Have you uh, met other artists that uh, choose cheese as their subject? Have Have you met anyone I mean, else like that? I know Mike Gino. Um, he's kind of the only other one I know of that's like specifically art with cheese. So it's um, a very intimate club. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you and Mike Gino at this it's moment. It's pretty much just me and Mike, yeah. <laughs> you can hold it down at the art fair. Uh, pretty much. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I wonder if you can instill, have you, are there other new uh, cheesemonger, younger cheesemongers that you're inspiring? Have you, have you talked to anyone about, about more art and cheese? Um, not necessarily about art and cheese. I mean, I think um, as far as like mongers that are like younger in the game that, um, that I'm a huge fan of. Um, I really love Emma Harvey's work. Um, she her Instagram handle, handles bored in Vermont. Um, she's out of Daedalus, um, but she does some really beautiful cheese boards. Um, and then um, one girl that I met from CMI, Sarah Bath. Um, she's based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, her Instagram's that che- that one cheesemonger. Um, I love her. I love what she's been doing too. She's, she's actually doing a really cool thing right now. Um, where she's like kind of blown up overnight where she has been making this series called apocalyptic cooking on, on Facebook. Um, oh, I don't and know she's, it. Okay. Okay. So it's called apocalyptic cooking. If you search it on Facebook, she's got a page for it. But she's been posting kind of like how you were saying about like just like a little bit of humor. Like she's been designing like just these really beautiful photographs. Like it's like a like a um, 
like a head of broccoli, for example. And then she'll have like a list of like things you can do with that broccoli. That's just like really, it's really straightforward, but it's also just like funny. Um, Hmm. But she's like, she's blown up overnight. She got like hundreds of thousands of followers on on Facebook, like overnight. No on way. On this page. Yeah, it's insane. And she, <laughs> um, but she's, she's been, she's been running with it. Like she, um, she's made a couple like mini like cookbook zines from it um, already. And she's just like really been taking this time to make something really cool out of it. Um, would, so. would you do a graphic novel or a zine at some point you think? Maybe. I don't know. I've um, designed for the upcoming. So um, Madison Trapkin, who's the editor-in-chief at Culture, um, she's got a scene called um, Girl Squash. Um, I've done a couple illustrations for them um, for the upcoming one. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really gotten around to that yet. No, no, listen, I, you don't need more on your list to do, but uh, <laughs> I just I just like to know. It, it, never say never, a, who knows? Yeah, yeah, no, never say never. Um, and then in terms of uh, the Curd Nerd game or, you know, in Ohio, what's, yeah. what's happening in the cheese scene in Ohio? I, I don't think I know very much about Ohio's cheese so, scene. So um, there are a lot of really fabulous Ohio makers. Um a lot of them aren't really available outside of Ohio right now. Oh, um, darn. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. There, there's a couple, but not really that much. Uh, one of my favorites is Canal Junction um, up in uh, Defiance, Ohio. Um, they're best known for their lost shrine cheese called Charlotte, um, which is like... All of their cheeses are raw milk and farmstead and grass-fed. And um, what's really cool about their cheeses is, like, theirs were the first that really, like, illustrated, like, how grass, like, totally changes the milk, like, from batch to batch. Like, Charlotte will be wildly different from, like, one batch to another batch. Um, so, mm. um, Sounds good. That's one of my favorites. Um as far as Columbus goes specifically, um, there's a shop and cheesemaker called Black Radish. Um, I'm friends with the owners. They're really fabulous, but they're really doing some cool stuff as well where um, John and Ann, who are the owners, they're making, um, they're making their own cheeses. Um, they also make some really fabulous preserves. Um, mm. And then they have a cheese shop in our... Um, public market called the North Market. Um and they have their own stand where they have their cheeses, but also some other cheeses that um are kind of in line with um where they stand on like really good cheeses. Um and they've been trying to like bring in stuff that, you know, bigger competitors such as like Murray's or Kroger just like don't have. Yeah, that's uh, smart. or Mur- yeah. Murray's or Whole Foods. I mean Murray's and Kroger yeah. are one and the same. But um Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I wanted to ask you? I love playing this game now, uh, since we're all we're all living in our spaces at home. Uh, yeah. What the segment is? What's in your fridge? Uh, so what's in your fridge, oh, cheese wise? Do you have like a entirely too many cheeses? 
Oh, yeah? Um, Currently, I've got some um, Shelburne Farms um, where I've got... I've worked through the um, smoked cheddar and the six-month cheddar that I got. Um, I'm still working through the cloth-bound cheddar, which I made a... Um, adult lunchable of that with some summer sausage for lunch this morning. I uh, um, I love the Shelburne Farms cheddar. Shout out to Tom Perry. God, um, it's so good. Yeah, so she, good. Uh, was there a year uh, that you preferred over? You know, like the was it two years? I love the younger ones. I honestly yeah. oh, like. Wow. I love the I love the six month. Cool. Like, um, I know the two year is like way more popular, but like the six month is just like so buttery and. Just so 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 lovely. There's nothing to hate about it. Okay, so you, so you have the Shelburne cheddars, and you prefer yeah. Six I got months? the Shelburne cheddars. I've got um, got a tiny hunk of Parmigiano Reggiano. I've got. I still have some cheeses from Arathusa. I'm like still working through that. I got like a couple months ago, um, but they're they're informaticum paper. Like they're fine. I've just been like slowly working through them. It's a very um, serious thing you just said. You're like, I have the paper on it. They're not going to die. Fine. Like it's, they're not going to dry out. <laughs> they're fine. Shout out to Formaticum and Obtain. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if you have the paper in your house, it's, it is helpful. So it's, that's all I use at home. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, I've got entirely a, a lot of that. They sent me like 20 pounds of cheese like that's that's a lot at the beginning (laughs) of all of this and so i've just been slowly working through it (laughs) oh my goodness i love it um but yeah and then i've got a trade going with um emma harvey who i mentioned earlier who born in vermont um we're going to be doing a collaboration um that's like cheesemonger invitational style like perfect bites so i'm sending her some ohio cheese she's sending me some vermont cheese um and then we're gonna like play around with them so i I really i really like that idea that's cool will you guys uh instagram live it or is it like yeah i think we're gonna gonna instagram live it and probably like make like sub maybe subsequent posts after the fact oh cool it's a little bit more permanent but yeah i'll um, have to look i'll have to look out for that i was gonna ask you what kind of cool pairings have you been doing um well, I just got the, so, um, Milk Bar has released, like, prepackaged cookies, um, at Whole Foods, and so, on my way out earlier this week, I was like, okay, they're here finally, I need to get some, <laughs> and so. <laughs> what is, what kind of cookie is it? So, they have a couple. I got the, um, the cornflake, uh, marshmallow chocolate chip one. And then I also got the compost cookies, which I really want to try those compost cookies with some Bailey Hazen because yep. they've got like coffee and chocolate and pretzels and stuff on them. That could be I really like, cool. Yeah. Like awesome. Bailey <laughs> <laughs> You're making me hungry right now, dude. That's <laughs> oh, so what I'm no. here for. I feel like I always make everyone hungry. Uh, that means you're very good at what you do. <laughs> oh, my God. Just uh, constantly oh, so- talking about food. So, okay, so you're going to buy milk bar cookies, and then you're going to eat it with Bailey Hazen cheese. That's what I really want to do. Okay. I need to get my hands on some Bailey Hazen. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I need to have Caitlin O'Neill on. An, you know Caitlin O'Neill? The, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I feel yeah. like now I need her to start talking because I, I was looking at Instagram and you guys were <laughs> jiving on some, was it smoked goose, smoked honey? And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. I want to try that. I, I, I haven't tried it, it yet. Yesterday or the day before, I was like, I, I got to get whatever this is. I mean, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm on a tangent about oh, pairing. Fine. And, and we're, on, we're on the radio. This is cutting the curd, everyone. Um, <laughs> dear listener, this is cutting the curd. We're just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, just tangents. Um, well, I want to thank you again, Michelle. Thank you for coming on the show today and uh, sharing your your artwork and your and uh, I, I hope it continues. And I'm looking forward yeah. to your next work. Um, you know, I could talk all day with you about pairings, cheese, and art. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> to just keep going on to different tangents and uh, you know hosting different programs and uh, yeah. Renaissance cheesewoman that you are. So yeah. thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me. This is a huge honor. I really super appreciate it. Oh, yay. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, let me just tell the audience again, uh, you are on Instagram at Columbus Curd Nerd. Yep. Uh, All one uh, word. Exactly. And uh, this is Cutting the Curd. Uh, you can find me at Kara Warren. And this is Heritage Radio Network. All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, have a great evening and eat more cheese. Yeah. Cheers. Eat good cheese. Bye. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>